0: <laughs> Ooh. Yeah. Hallelujah See so why all these people get so excited They remember where they was when Jesus found them I don't know why they got to do that You may not be redeemed Let the redeemed of the Lord Say so Say so, say so. Yeah I tell you what, I can honestly say this. I'm not what I ought to be. I'm not what I ought to be. I wish I was. I I wish I could say all the time I'm what I'm supposed to be and I do what I'm supposed to do and I I live the way I'm supposed to live. I wish I could say that. I'm not always what I ought to be, but thank God I ain't what I used to be. Are y'all with me? Amen. Amen. And even better, I'm not what I'm going to be. Amen. Woo. I feel pretty good. <clears throat> Isn't the Lord good? You know, I, I was I, God's got me preaching on a subject today uh, that I really didn't want to preach on because I struggle with it. And uh, how many of y'all just hate to hear something that a preacher preaches on, you know you got an issue with it? <clears throat> uh, i I, I got to preach this morning on the subject, having an attitude. Having an Attitude. And, and knowing that I got to preach on having an attitude, I run out of gas on the way to church this morning. <clears throat> How many of y'all know the Lord has a sense of humor? That's not the worst part. The worst part is last night, my wife saw the gate, and it don't work, so I got a little a uh, 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 plan that I've got worked out that obviously didn't work according to plan. And she said, Malcolm, you need to stop and put some gas in this thing. I said, don't worry about this. I know what I'm doing. I got plenty of gas. Yeah. Lord, help us, Jesus. You know, if I hadn't have said that, I'd have had enough gas. Y'all know that, right? Yeah. Amen. Take your Bibles. Take your Bibles and turn to Psalm 100, Psalm 100. Boy, it's been a good day today. My soul, it's been a great day today. It's a great day to be alive. I I know this world's crazy and there's some scary stuff going on, but this is the day the Lord has made and we will rejoice and be glad in it. Why? Because this everything that's going on in this world is just, just evidence that the Bible is true, and it's evidence that we don't have much time left on this planet. It's evidence that our Savior, who has gone to prepare us a place, He's fixing to come back and receive us unto Him where He is, there will be also. Amen? So we need to rejoice and be glad. We're going to go back to Psalm 100. Take your Bible and turn with me to Psalm 100, we we read this last week and and, and I kind of got a lot of stuff I want to talk about so I'm going to have to go fast but I, w- what I do, I, I'll, I'll read a chapter and I'll, I'll read verses and I, I'll just keep reading them and reading them and reading them and and, and, and meditate on it. You know the Bible says we're to med- meditate on the word and, and, and the more I read it the more stuff God gives me and this is one thing I saw out of Psalm 100. There are three verses that describe the what? Say that with me. Describe the what. the what. In other words, what God wants you to do. What God wants you to do. And then there's two verses that describe the why. In other words, there is a what, but then there is a why. Are y'all with me? Now, here's the way I'm going to do this. You can follow along in your Bible, but you're going to get confused because I'm going out of order. All right? I'm going to do all the what's. Verses 1, 2, and 4 is the what. Verses 3... And five is the why. Are y'all with me? So this is how we're going to do this. We're going to go in that order, and I'm going to read it just like I I, I see God showing it to me. Okay? Does that make sense? It's the same verses. It's the same words you have in your Bible. But we're going to do the what first and then the why. If that makes sense, say amen. Amen. Watch this. What does God want us to do? What does this have to do with attitude? What does God want us to do? First, make a joyful noise. Serve the Lord with gladness. Come before his presence with singing. Enter into his gates with thanksgiving. Into his courts with praise. Be thankful unto him and bless his name. That's the what? Are you all with me? What does God want you to do? He wants you to make a joyful noise. What does God want you to do? He wants you to serve the Lord with gladness. What does he want you to do? He wants you to come before his presence with singing. What does he want you to do? He wants you to enter in his gates with thanksgiving. What does he want you to do? He wants you to enter his courts with praise. What does he want you to do? He wants you to be thankful unto him. What does he want you to do? He wants you to bless his name. Now, he says, why? How many of y'all got the what down? Now, why should we do all that stuff? Why should we be thankful? Why should we praise? Why should we bless his name? Why should we come into his courts with thanksgiving? Why? A. Eh, the Lord is God. He is God. Listen, he hath made us and not we ourselves. Why? We are his people. Why? We are sheep of his pasture. Why? The Lord is good. Why? His mercy is everlasting. Why? His truth endureth to all generations. Isn't it cool when you read it that way? He tells you what He wants you to do, but He tells you why you need to do it. Listen, thank God we know the what, but thank God we know the why. Are y'all with me? Say amen. The more I read it, The more I went over it, and the more I studied on it, the more I thought about it, the more I pondered it, the more I meditated on it, the more I saw that one word kept creeping up, one word kept standing out more than anything in this whole chapter. It's attitude. Attitude. Your attitude will determine everything that's found in that chapter. Your attitude will determine how you respond to all the what's. Your attitude to the why will determine if you accomplish the what. If that makes sense? Say amen. So if you'll give me just a few moments, I'll take a few moments of your time. Let's talk about our attitude. How many of y'all are all excited about this? <clears throat> okay, all right. We do in the beginning, but it gets hairy in the middle. Say amen. Amen. All right, Lord, thank you so much for your blessings and your mercy. Bless everybody's here. Lord, it's such a blessing to see everybody. I love to get to come and hang out with your people. Lord, they've taken the time out from their, their, their busy week and their stressful day to just hear your word. And Lord, I pray they will not leave disappointed. I pray for your perfect will to be done. In Jesus' name we pray. And all God's people say it. Amen. Amen. All right, you can be seated. Let's give you, I, I got to go over a lot of stuff, so I'm going to talk fast. If you listen fast. How many of y'all have the ability to listen fast? All right. The faster you listen, the faster we get to Cracker Barrel. Say amen. All right. Number one, what does our attitude affect? Now, remember, we're going to take everything right out of Psalm 100, okay? What does our attitude affect? According to Psalm 100, the first thing we see is our attitude affects our words, Our words make a joyful noise, all ye lands. Now, how do you make a noise? With your mouth. The words that you speak. Do you realize your attitude directly determines the words that come out of your mouth? If you have a bad attitude, there's going to be poor words come out of your mouth. If you have a good attitude, good words will come out of your mouth. How do you know? As a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. Out of abundance... Of the heart, say that with me, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaketh. Now, why is that so important? Because the Bible says that God cares greatly about the words that come out of our mouth. There's a word that's used in your King James Bible that's the word murmur. Say it with me. Say it again. Murmur. Murmur. The word murmur means to grumble and complain. Okay, say that with me. To and Are we feeling convicted yet? You will. To grumble and complain. Do you realize all through the Old Testament, you will find the nation of Israel at different times and different places and different situations, they were grumbling and complaining. They were murmuring before the Lord. And do you know what I found out? Every time, if you look it up and you study it, where they were murmuring, it never turned out good. There was an old boy by the name of Korah that stirred up a bunch of junk. He was jealous of Moses and the leadership that he had. And he got all kind of people on his side saying, hey, you take too much on yourself, you have too much authority, one man shouldn't have all that authority. God will listen to us just like he listened to you. And you know what happened? The Bible said he calls the people to murmur. He calls them to complain and to grumble. And you know what happened? God said, Moses, you get over here. Korah, you get over here. And everybody's on Korah's side. You come over here. And everybody's on Moses' side. You get over here. And when they did that, God opened up the earth and swallowed up all of Korah and his crowd. What's the moral of the story? Keep your mouth shut. Y'all with me? There's another time. They were grumbling They were grumbling about not having any meat. This is when they were, they were traveling in the wilderness, and they were going through the wilderness saying, we don't have no meat. We want some meat. And boy, God just got frustrated with them. So i tell you what I'll do. I'll give you some meat. I'm going to give you so much meat, you're going to eat it, and it's going to come out your nostrils. Now, buddy, that's a lot. Say amen. The Bible says while the meat was in their mouth, God struck them with a plague, and many of them died. Because of their murmuring and complaining. That's not the worst part. <clears throat> there was a time there was a time they got frustrated with the way. The Bible says they got discouraged in the way because it wasn't an easy path. It wasn't an easy route. They were not on a super highway. They were going through the wilderness. They were going through rocky places and desert places. And, and God was bringing them through a difficult place. And the Bible says they were discouraged because of the way. And they began to murmur. What does murmur mean? Come on. They begin to murmur about where he was taking them. They begin to murmur about the food he was giving them. They begin to murmur about the messages that he said that came from God. And so this is how we summarize it. They didn't like the way he led. They didn't like what he fed. And they didn't like what he said. And you know what happened? God sent fiery serpents to bite them, and many of them died. You know why? Because of murmuring, grumbling, and complaining. Now, I'm, you say, oh, come on, preacher. That's just Old Testament stuff. Okay. Philippians chapter number 2. Philippians chapter number 2, verse 14. Do do, all things. How many of y'all understand that the Greek definition Of all things is all things. (laughs) Y'all with me? Do I have an amen, Brother Robertson? Do without what? And don't be grumbling and complaining all the time. Don't be grumbling and complaining in the church when it doesn't go your way, when it's not something you like, when it's something you disapprove of. Do all things without murmuring and disputing. Now watch. Psalms 19, 14. <clears throat> Psalms 19, 14. Let the words of my and the meditation of my heart be what? In, O oh Lord, my strength and my redeemer. Now, I want to ask you a question. Let's be honest. Let's be honest. The words that came out of your mouth this week, were they acceptable in the Lord's sight? Guess what? He's watching He's listening. I got another verse. Got another verse. Ephesians four twenty nine. <clears throat> Ephesians four twenty nine. Let no corrupt communi- communication proceed out of your mouth, but that which is good to the use of. Now the word edify means to build up, means to strengthen, to lift up, to build up. It's to the use of edifying. Why? That it may minister grace unto the hearers. What's that mean? The words that come out of your mouth should be encouraging, should be uplifting, should be building. It should not be demoralizing. It should not be criticizing. It should not be tearing down. The Bible says, let your words build. Let your words encourage. Let your words strengthen. Now, i got to ask you a question. How was your words working this week? See, our attitude affects our words. Our attitude, what's in our heart, comes out of our mouth. Are y'all with me? Say amen. Colossians chapter number 4, verse 6. Let your speech be always with grace, seasoned with salt, that ye may know how ye ought to answer Excuse me, every man. Now, what does the Bible say? The Bible says our attitude affects our words. It says make a joyful noise. Have a good attitude. Say the right things. Say the right things. Don't grumble. Don't complain about everything. I know it comes natural to do that. And I know it's easy to do that. And we all do it. We all do. I, I'm, I'm, I'm struggling. I said, Lord, I don't want to preach this. I don't want to preach this. I don't want to preach this. I got to preach this. I know I have to preach this. Lord, forgive me for all my grumbling and complaining. It comes so natural. But God says, don't do that. Don't do that. Our attitude affects our words. Then secondly, the very next verse teaches this, that our attitude affects our work. Our work. It says, serve. Say that with me serve the lord with oh preacher that's talking about being a greeter or being an usher watch this the bible says in colossians chapter number three verse number 22 colossians three twenty-two, servants obey in all things your masters according to the flesh not with eye service as men pleasers what does that mean don't just work hard when your boss is around Don't do it as, 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 as eye service. Don't, don't do it just what, in other words, uh, 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 just when, they, when they're looking as men-pleasers. Why? Why? He says, verse 23, but whatsoever ye do, do it, I mean, do it with all your might. Do it with all of your heart as to the Lord. You know what that basically means? It means work like you're working for Jesus, not lows or Walmart, or Cracker Barrel, or for that matter, Temple. Your boss is not the one that signs your check. Your boss is the one who saved your soul. And you know what he's saying here? If you have a bad attitude, it will affect your work. It will affect how you act at work. It will affect your work production. You know, I hate work. I hate everybody about it. hate the people there. hate the people I work for. hate the people I work with. I hate, I hate, I hate, I hate, I hate. And guess what? You're going to work just like that. You're going to do just enough to get by. You're going to do just enough to get up. And and, and because of your attitude, guess what? You're going to hate it. No, I hate it. That's what's giving me an attitude. No, it's not. Your attitude is why you hate it. Let's move right along since y'all like that one so good. Amen? How many of y'all would agree with me that our attitude affects our words? Okay. B, our attitude affects our our work. How many of y'all would agree with that? He says, serve the Lord with gladness. Whether you work at Lowe's, whether you work at Cracker Barrel, whether you work at the bank, no matter what, you're serving the Lord, and God wants you to do it with with gladness. With gladness. Now watch this. Here's the most important part. Our attitude affects our worship our attitude why, why do you think he said why do you think he said to enter into his courts with praise and enter into his presence with thanksgiving and why, why do you think he was saying all that stuff because the way your attitude is when you come in this building determines what happens in this building and what happens in this building determines what you get from your worship. A pastor was making some notes. I, I copied it down because I thought it was really good. He said there, the attitude <clears throat> has a direct correlation to worship. What we get from worship is based on a correct attitude towards worship. Many times, he said, many times I feel that we get caught up in the preferences of style and forget about the real reason we are worshiping, and that's God. Whether we prefer a more traditional style of worship or a more contemporary style of worship, the underlining factor is this. It's all about God and not about us. And then he gives a verse. He gives Revelation 4.11, which is a great verse. Revelation 4.11 is the worship that's going on in heaven, the worship around the throne of God, the song that they are singing around the throne of God. I mean, if there's ever a perfect worship song, they're singing it, Amen. He says this, Thou art worthy, Revelation 4, 11, Thou art worthy, O Lord, to receive glory and honor and power. Why? For Thou hast created all things, and for, for Thy pleasure they are and were created. You know what we have done? We have messed all that up. We have changed that and said, Church is for my pleasure. Amen. Worship is for me. Worship is for what I want and what I desire. And I want to be pleasured. I want to have everybody do what I want and sing what I want and be what I want. And we have totally made ourselves God. Do you realize you were created? You were formed out of the dust of the ground. And God breathed into your nostrils the breath of life. For the purpose of you giving him glory, you giving him praise. We ought to live our life to make God happy and to make God smile. We ought to sing to make God smile. We ought to praise to make God smile. Everything we do in this church, we ought to do it to make God smile, not us. Now, Now, let me say, I do like when we have a great service. Because I get pleasure out of that. I get joy out of that. But watch this. The joy is not because of the type of service it is. The joy is because of who is in it. I've been in real, traditional, real, traditional, old-style worship. And son, I'm telling you, I got in it and got with it and it got thick and it got deep and we just waded on in there and it was wonderful. You know why? Because God was in it. God was in it you know why because they were singing spiritual songs they were singing words of truth and they were giving him glory and they were giving him honor and they were giving him praise and the bible says God inhabiteth the praises of his people because when God's people are praising him he'll show up in the midst somebody say amen I went to a Chris Tomlin concert not on my own it was against my will the teenagers wanted me to go, and I was going to trick them, but they tricked me. Yeah. They bought my ticket. Yeah. Now I had to go. Do you know there's a bunch of people goes them things? How many of y'all have ever been to the BJC, see whatever that is down there? How many of y'all been in that hallway that goes around the outside of that thing? How many of y'all been in that hallway when there's a bunch of folks in there? When there's a concert, there's a game, whatever they do down there, it's like a river of humanity. I look down them steps and here it is. I mean, it, a, they're just like flowing like a river, and, and, and I'm like, what are we supposed to do? They said just wade through them. I said and touch all of them. <laughs> Have you lost your mind? And I mean, this is what you got to do. I mean, you got to do like this, woo-hoo, and just, just, and, just and, and, and I'm, oh, it, it was Frogger all over again, Atari Frogger. Now, I'm not going to tell no lie. I had an attitude. I found me play. they sold popcorn. I got the biggest barrel they had. It was that big around and about that deep. And we went up into, the, we went up into, the, into the, the seats where everybody was at, and suddenly they started piling in all on top of you. How many of y'all know they'll just gather around you? Yeah. And I'm thinking, man, I can't take this. Now, see, y'all think, y'all are, you say, you're crazy. You're around big crowds all the time. I'm here, and you're there. I went up there and people started coming in all around. I thought, my Lord, help me, Jesus. Help me, Jesus. I turned around and looked, and y'all ain't going to believe it. There was, like, there was like tons of seats that had nobody in it. Way up there. I said, that's heaven. <laughs> I told Tammy, I'm going up there. She said, no, you're not. I said, I'm going up there. <laughs> you're going to leave these things. They bought your ticket. I said, I don't care. I'm going up there. Amen. Guess what I went? I went up there. Guess what them teens done? We're going up. That's, oh, don't follow me. Come on. So I resigned to the fact, I'm going to sit down here and watch this concert. Never been to a concert, ever. Never been to a concert. I've been to several sings. Now, how many of y'all older folks know what I'm talking about? Bless God, you don't go to concerts. That's for liberals. We go to gospel sings, like a bunch of diesel sniffers. Say amen right there. We'll just follow them all over the place. So I'm going to sit here. I've got my popcorn. I'm going to enjoy my popcorn and just deal with this till this is over with. <laughs> Chris Tomlin come out there and got that microphone. And he started singing, how great is our God? how great is our God and God showed me how stupid I was acting and before long my popcorn was in the floor and I was standing up I had my hands up in the air and I was worshiping God You know why? You know why? It had nothing to do with the the, the flashing lights. It didn't have nothing to do with the the contemporary style. It didn't have nothing to do with the concert venue. It had something to do with people joining together, praising God, and God getting in the midst of the praise. And when he inhabits the praise of his people, you are in his presence. And, son, when you're in his presence, the Bible says in his presence is fullness of joy. What does that mean? Listen, don't get so hung up on your preference. You can't enjoy something that's different than what you you like. What can determine that? Your attitude about it. If you change your attitude. Now, we all have preferences. They ain't going to lie. Now, I'm telling you, if I'm, if I'm going to drive very far to see somebody, they better be picking a banjo. Because <laughs> I like it. And I'm not going to drive very far if they don't have a banjo. Amen? Amen. Now, here's the thing. That's my preference. But that doesn't keep me from enjoying something that's different than what I prefer. You know what determines that? My attitude. Let me ask you a question. How's your attitude right now? What does God say in Psalms 100? Three things he said in this chapter that teach us about what kind of attitude to have. The first kind of attitude, the first kind of attitude, write this down. We need to have a joyful attitude. We need to have a joyful attitude. What's the Bible say? Rejoice, say that with me. Rejoice, say it with me. Rejoice in the Lord. And again, I say, Rejoice. 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 What does that mean? That means you can rejoice in anything. You can rejoice. But here's the most important part. If you want to change your worship experience, if you want to change what you get out of this building, it's determined by what you do outside this building. You know what the problem with so many people in this building is? Is the only God you ever around is what's in this building. Do you realize you don't have to worship in this building? Matter of fact, you should be worshiping all week long. Oh, I gotta get to church. Oh, my goodness, I gotta get to church. I gotta get filled back up. My battery's running dry. I gotta get to church. Oh, I'm not gonna make it if I don't get to church on Sunday. Well, God's real on Monday too. Listen, watch this. I remember the first bus we got. The first bus we got. Do you remember that first bus we got? Raggedy piece of junk. I mean, it was it was seven thousand years old. And it was one of them buses that had you busy when you were steering. Do y'all know what I'm talking about? <laughs> that was just to go straight. <laughs> Doran was supposed to work on it, so I was supposed to take it up there. And, and so I left the church. I don't have a license at all. That's our secret. Say amen right there. And I left this, I left this yard. And I'm telling you what, I shouldn't have been happy with it. It was a piece of junk. I ain't gonna lie. It caught fire on the interstate and we left it there. <laughs> God is my witness, that happened. I was I left I left the property and I was going up the highway, and I got about to where those red lights are, and it dawned on me. See, you're not you're 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 you really not arrived till you have a church bus. Amen. Even though it was from 1927, it don't matter, it was a church bus. Amen. And I was thinking about the goodness of the Lord and what God had been doing and what God took us from. Here I am. I'm driving the church bus right down the road. And, oh, God has been so good to us. I started crying. And I started thanking God. Thank you, Lord, for this raggedy thing. Lord, thank you for this bus. Thank you for what you're doing. And, son, God filled that bus. I was having a worship service. Good as anything that's been in this building. Don't wait till you get to church before you meet with God. I guarantee if you'll start worshiping on Monday and start worshiping on Tuesday and start getting with him on Thursday and Friday and Wednesday, I guarantee you'll come in here, you will, you'll blow those doors down to get in here. And you'll have a good attitude about it. Your attitude determines your worship. What did he say to come in? He said, rejoice. But then he said this, watch this, this is important. We should not only have a joyful attitude, we should have a... Humble attitude. A humble attitude. Why do you think that in the middle of this chapter, he said, don't you realize the Lord, he is God? It is he that has made us and not we ourselves. We are his people and the sheep of his path. You know why he's saying that? He's reminding us who we are. What's the different, What's the opposite of humility? Arrogance. Let me tell you who, what people are unhappy. Arrogant people. Not humble people. Arrogant people. Arrogant people think everything should be according to their preference. Arrogant people think the whole world revolves around them. They are the center of the solar system. And everybody should give in to them. Everybody should do what they want. Everybody should do what they prefer. Everybody should do what. Are y'all with me? Arrogant people. But you know what humble people do? They're just like many Pearl. They're just proud to be here. You know what humble people realize? We all should be in hell. Anything besides hell is a blessing. I'd have been tickled to death just to know that I wasn't going to spend eternity in hell. But my God has prepared me a mansion in glory. Somebody say amen. Do you have a humble attitude? You know what I found out about humble people? You can't make them mad. You know what I found out about humble people? You can't offend them. Because they don't don't think they deserve anything anyway. Hello? Humility. Can you imagine how drastically different our marriages would change if we started being humble? Can you imagine how drastically different our worship would be if we started having a more humble attitude? Lastly, on that, <clears throat> what kind of attitude should we have? A, Say it with me. We should have a joyful attitude. Uh, uh, make a joyful noise with the Lord all your land. Then we should have a, a humble attitude. He said the Lord, he is God. We're not the boss. He is. We're not in charge. He is. Listen, he is the ruler, he is the creator. We're the creature. We should have a humble attitude, and then, and then, see, we should have a thankful attitude. Amen. Say it with me. We should have a. It says, "Be thankful unto Him. Come into His presence with thanksgiving." In other words, every time we we break open those doors, we should come in. Thank you, Jesus. Every time we should start our worship service, we should say, Thank you, Lord, I'm not going to hell. Every time we think about getting discouraged or down or upset, we should say, Thank you, Lord, for dying for me. We should have a thankful spirit, a thankful attitude. Me and Brother Johnny Lawrence was talking in the, in the office right before church. <clears throat> now, I was sharing some of this stuff with him, and, and the thought just crossed my mind. The Lord just, just kind of gave it to me. This is what he said. The Lord said, if you would learn to be thankful for what you do have, you wouldn't complain about what you don't have. Boy, isn't that the truth? Can you imagine how different our lives would be? Well, I don't have that house. Yeah, but you in a house. Well, I'm living in a trailer. Well, you ain't in a hut. You been to Haiti lately? I didn't get steak this week. Man, if you got bologna, you need to shout glory. Man, there's children that don't go weeks without eating. Boy, if we'd become more thankful for what we do have, we'd stop complaining about what we don't have. Church, say amen. Let's draw this to an end. Let's draw this to an end all right so far we've learned how our attitude affects and what our attitude affects so far we've learned the kind of attitude god wants us to have according to psalm 100 he wants us to have a a joyful attitude he wants us to have a humble attitude he wants us to have a thankful attitude now here's the truth about the whole deal how many of y'all know that some stuff in the bible is easy preaching but hard living how many of y'all know that how many of y'all know so far uh, So far in the message, you're saying, I've got work to do. If you're not thinking that, uh, be under point two humility. You might need to practice that right there. Watch this. Let's talk. There's three quick things right here. Let's tell the truth about our attitude, let's just be honest about it. Some of y'all are not going to like this. You may not even agree with this, but it's your choice in America. We have freedom. You can choose to be wrong if you want because I'm right on this. <laughs> our attitude, when it comes to our attitude, when it comes to our attitude, first thing we got to realize about our attitude, our attitude is our choice. I was talking to Dr. McCormick yesterday and trying to get some, some help and some hints and stuff because he's just a the dude just has it, man. He's just, he is so wise when it comes to stuff like this. And I, I was getting some help from him, and, and, and this is what he said to me. He said, Malcolm, you need to understand something. He said, there's only one thing in your life, only one thing in your life that you have complete control over, and that is your attitude. You cannot control what people say about you, can you? You cannot control what people do to you. You cannot control whether you're healthy or sick. You cannot control the circumstances that take place in your life. You cannot control whether you have a job this week or not. Y'all with me? He said, but guess what? God gave you control over one thing, and that is your attitude. What does that teach us? What does that teach us? Everybody's attitude. How many of y'all have ever heard this? How many of y'all have ever heard this? Boy, he's got an attitude. How many of y'all have heard this? How many of y'all said that? Guess what? So do you. Guess what? So does everybody. We all have an attitude. The question is, is it a good one or a? But we got it. We all have one. And guess what? You choose it. You choose it. I listen to, I listen to uh, John Maxwell a lot. He's like one of the best leaders there ever was. And and he is a teacher of leaders. He teaches leadership all the time. And this is what he said about attitude. He said, I do not ever let somebody with a bad attitude get that stuff on me. He said, I never feel sorry for somebody with a bad attitude. Because I know they chose it. He said, the best thing they can do is go back in their closet, lock the door, and change their attitude, fix it, and then come back out. I do not feel sorry for people with bad. But preacher, this happened. That, it does not matter. We choose our attitude. You can see two people that go through the same thing, and one will come out a devastated creature. Another one will come out prosperous. You know what determines it? Their attitude. Their attitude. Listen, your attitude. You chose it. This young lady and her mother was shopping one day and, and it, it must have been Black Friday because you know stuff happens on Black Friday and, and they were just frustrated and aggravated and, 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 and she come out the store and, and, and the mama looked at the daughter and said, did you see that look that clerk gave me? She said, mama, you've had that look all day. <laughs> Say amen. amen. Isn't that the truth? Guess what? Write this down. Our attitude, we choose. We choose our attitude. Secondly, and I'm almost done. I'm almost done. Secondly, I want you to write this down. Our attitude, our attitude determines our approach to life. Our attitude determines our approach to life. Why? The Bible says, as a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. Guess what? If you think negative, guess what you're going to be? Everything you see is determined by your attitude. Your approach to life is determined by your attitude. Your attitude determines whether you're going to forgive somebody or not. Your attitude determines whether you're going to go to work or not. Your attitude determines... How you're going to respond to people. Your attitude determines whether you will seek counsel and accept it. Your attitude determines whether you will receive correction or not. How many of y'all have seen a coach and a ball player out on a field? And that coach has got that ball player by that face mask, and I mean he's giving him what for. He's telling him everything and everything. And that 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 player said, yes, sir. "Yes sir, yes, sir, yes, sir, yes, sir, yes, sir, yes, sir, yes, sir. And guess what? He'll get better. But there will be another one. That he'll tell him what he's doing wrong and what he needs to fix, and he, and all he does was keep giving excuses about what what happened and why it's somebody else's fault. Guess what? He got a bad attitude. His attitude will determine his outlook on life. I'm just so unhappy. Change your attitude. Well, my my happiness level has determined my. No, it's not. John Maxwell. John Maxwell and his wife was in a conference. <clears throat> and they were doing question and answer time. And, and, and somebody asked his wife, Does John Maxwell make you happy? And he was so proud to hear the answer. He turned and looked at his wife real lovingly. And she says, No, ma'am, he does not. He thought. And then he said this. He said, He said, Honey, explain to them what you're talking about. And he said, It got worse. She said, after the first six months of our marriage, I realize he will never make me happy. And he can, oh. She said, I realize that he can't make me happy. Happiness is not determined by what he does or does not do. Happiness is not determined by circumstances. Happiness is a choice. John Maxwell said that most people have a disease called destination disease. If I can just get, I'll be happy. He said that'll never happen. He talked to a lady. He talked to a lady who was with a a, a military family, and they were always here and there and everywhere. He was always being uh, 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 transferred somewhere else, all over the world. They said, how'd you do it? How'd you save your marriage? How did you keep sane and do it? She said, I just determined wherever I was at, that was my favorite place in the whole world. Because guess what? Wherever you are, there you are. Y'all with me? It was a choice. Your attitude determines your outlook on life. Lastly, this is it. We're going to pray. Your attitude has the ability to change your problems into blessings your attitude has the ability to change your problems into blessings now let me tell you a story just write that down if you're taking a look up at me <clears throat> how many of y'all have ever seen a Canadian goose raise your hand there's a Canadian goose up in Canada <clears throat> that got sick and tired why y'all why are you laughing it's fun. It, 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 it's, it's true true story <clears throat> His Canadian goose got tired of flying down south for the winter, and he's thinking to himself, man, that's a long way to go. Every doggone year, it can't be that bad up here. I ain't going. I'm staying here. So all his friends and relatives, they struck out, and they flew south for the winter. Not him. He stayed. Well, guess what? It got cold. The weather started getting bad. The weather started getting rough. Started getting rainy and cold and icy, and he got to thinking, I have made a mistake. He said, I'm going to have changes. This ain't going to work. I'm going to have to get out of here. So here he is, soaking wet and icy, and he strikes out. He starts flying. He gets just a little ways, but the higher he got, the colder it got, and it froze his wings, and he fell right in a farmyard. Kapow! Right in the middle of the farmyard. And there he was, cold, dying. He thought to himself, well, this is where it's going to end. And here come a cow. Yeah. Cow come by. Went right over top of him and dropped a plop right on him. (laughs) I'm going somewhere. He said, you know what? This is just typical. Here I am dying. Here I am the worst place of my life. Here I am, just, you know, it's bad enough that I'm dying and somebody's got to treat me this way. But just a few minutes later, he started thinking, man, it's warm in here. (laughs) That eye starts melting. He said, man, this is wonderful. He said, he said, I'm going to make it. I'm going to make it. I'm going to live. And he got so happy, he starts singing. (laughs) Here come the cat. Yeah. Farmer's cat came, wiped him off, saw what it was, and ate him. What's the point of this story? Number one. Everyone that drops a plop on you is not your enemy. (laughs) Our new youth guy is reconsidering his job application here. (laughs) Everyone that drops a plop on you is not your enemy. Number two, everybody that cleans you up is not your friend. Number three, and the most important thing, if somebody drops a plop on you, keep your mouth shut. <laughs> and all God's people said. Amen. How many of y'all know stuff happens in life? Let's just be real. Be real. Let, let's, let's don't fake it. I know y'all probably didn't think y'all hear a story like that in church, but it's the truth. Amen? One more story. One more story. Attitude. Your attitude determines everything. Scientists were doing some research on two two young men, and one of them was a pessimist, and one of them was an optimist. One of them always had a bad attitude and was negative. The other one always had a good attitude and was positive. One of them complained all the time. One of them just had a good spirit. And so they tested him. They took this young man who had a bad attitude and was negative all the time, and they put him in a room full of toys. I'm talking about there was toys everywhere. And they left him, shut the door. <clears throat> come back an hour later, come back an hour later, and all the toys was pushed to the edge. He was sitting in the middle of the room pouting, said, I'm bored. I've done played with all the toys. So they took the other young man, and they put him in a room, and in the middle of a room was a big old pile of manure. Y'all with me? Manure. Y'all know what manure is? Okay. In the middle of the room, they shut the door. An hour later, they come back and they open the door, and they, they were shocked. They were in disbelief. There was manure all over the walls. There was manure on the ceilings. There was manure everywhere. And right in the middle of the big old pile was this young man throwing manure everywhere. And they said, what in the world are you doing? He said, with a manure pile this big, there's a pony in here somewhere. Let me ask you a question. How's your attitude going to be this week? How many of y'all know, and I'm going to warn you ahead of time. How many of y'all know somebody's going to make you mad at work this week? Somebody's going to do you wrong. Somebody's going to talk about you. Somebody's going to do things that's going to upset you. The devil's going to try to get you to have a bad But guess what? Choose a good one. Because an attitude is the only thing you have the choice to control. I'm telling you, when I run out of gas today, there was a day that I would have have had to repent all the way to church before I could preach. After running out of gas. But I was coming up that hill and that thing went, I said, oh no. And all I did was laugh. Because I was thinking, Lord, you got me. (laughs) Hey, God is never going to give you a truth to learn that he's not going to test to see whether you got it. Now, I'm telling y'all this. I'm telling y'all this ahead of time. So when this happens at work, represent Jesus well. And have a great, and all God's people say it. Let's stand. Everybody stand except you. You stay seated. Amen.